Amen. I got a Christmas message, kinda. You ready, you ready in for a kinda Christmas message? Well, okay, let's do this right quick here. Luke 2, y'all know Luke 2, eight, verse 8. In the same region there were some shepherds standing out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. Uh, Chuck Moore told me something recently that was really uh, sort of discouraging, but liberating. Paul uh, talked about the, and in the, in the, in Timothy talked about the hard-working farmer. Remember when he talked about that? The hard-working farmer. I said, Chuck, this is what Chuck said. You know why I'll be farming so hard? Is because it never ends. In other words, on Christmas morning when you're supposed to be opening your presents, those cows still need to be milked. Okay, and that's the way the ministry is, okay? If you're going to really serve God, there's no, there's no end to it. There's, you're going to be up day and night, and there really is no end to it. It's an endless, bottomless pit. But it's a good pit, because guess who's in that pit? The Lord Himself is in there. Because here comes the good news. It may be a, a never-ending uh, job, which I find it, that to be true. If you're a kind of person like to accomplish something, be done with it and do something, move on. That's not a good calling for you to be serving God because it never ends. It's just different stuff, different day. But verse 9 is where it gets good. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Now, that's the good part of it. God will reveal himself to people who are serving him. That's what he's in, and that's just part of the package. Just like all the, you know, milking the cows on uh, sun, uh, Christmas morning, you're drinking that milk, making eggnog Christmas afternoon. Well, the Lord really does reveal Himself to people who, who serve Him. You know, in the book of uh, John, John 4, there was a wedding at Cana, and Jesus turned water into wine. And, and it says something interesting. It says, no one knew where that wine came from except the servants. The servants knew. See, God reveals stuff to His, to his people that are in, involved in what He's doing. If you want to know more from the Lord, if you want to get more stuff from God, you've got to start, you've got to engage yourself with what He's doing. If you'll do that, He'll start revealing stuff to you. It doesn't mean you're special. It just means that's part of the deal, just like milking the cows on Christmas morning is part of the deal. Amen? I love that. I'm happy about that part. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you, born for you, a Savior, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe, baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. Well, that's the Christmas story I just gave you, my, what I wanted you to hear this morning. Glory to God and, and peace to men. That was the message that the angels gave. Of all the messages that he could have, they could have gave, they could have brought other blessings, right? But they chose to bring this particular one because this is a particularly important message. The message of, I'm particularly speaking for us, the message of peace. Okay? But that was something, that is something, hey, wait a minute, time out. There is Christina Casperson. Everybody look at her. I didn't even know you were here. Now I saw her walk in. Now she beat the record. Uh, in the earlier service, uh, 
the Bellamy's, the young Bellamy's, Will drove uh, 18 hours to get to church from Louisiana. And she beat the record. She flew from China <laughs> to get here today. Amen. We're happy you're here. She's doing a lot of important... People don't know it. She's like an apostle over there. Maybe an apostle there. You know, Paul said he wasn't an apostle to everybody. Then people look at her like she's an apostle. So she's pretty got a pretty significant ministry over there, and we're going over there. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. I wanted to share this story about China. Anyways, thank you, Lord. We'll hear something from you, Christina. She's going to be here for a few months before she goes back because that's sort of a long trip to just come for one day and then go back. That would be sort of... That's a rough ride. In fact, that's a very anxiety. Ang- that thought fills me with anxiousness, thinking about flying over there. I thought, ooh. Anyways, all right, back to the peace. God, see, this was a particular message. If you're looking for something from the Lord today, this is what, if I could say anything, this was the Lord's presence, present to us, is peace. Because that was the particular thing the angels pointed out, that God... That was what God was bringing to the earth through Christ, bringing to men through Christ was peace. Now, what we tend to do, this is what we don't really understand, but the church doesn't have a good revelation on peace, I don't think. I haven't had a good revelation on peace until recent times. And this is why, because we tend to think about peace in natural terms. We tend to think about peace as a lack, just a lack of conflict. In other words, if there's two countries that have been at odds with each other and they, somebody gets a peace treaty... We tend to think that's peace. They ain't fighting. They're not at war with each other. Just Okay? But as we know, that doesn't last very well. You know, you've had relationships with people where you had fallen south with them. And there was tension in the relationship. There was difficulty in the relationship. And somebody, maybe you, hopefully you, made a decision no longer to be in conflict with that person. Okay, right? Anybody, yeah. If you haven't ever done that, you might want to try it before you go to heaven. Okay? <laughs> That's called humbling yourself and forgiving and deciding not to be at odds with people. It's kind of important, you know. But if you, uh, but that's not really that's not really peace neither. That's just a lack of conflict. That's not the peace that God gave. The peace that God gives is powerful, like grace. I think many of us in this room know about the grace of God. We know that grace is a power. Okay, we know that grace is something that empowers us to not sin and it empowers us to do things that we can't do otherwise. To do the will of God. Because none of us really have the ability to do the will of God from within us apart from the grace of God. But peace is the same kind of thing. It is a power from heaven that we have not tapped into. We've not tapped into peace and the power of peace that God wants to release into the body of Christ. I'm convinced of that. Um... The Bible says uh, in Isaiah 9, 7, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Many of you know that the universe is expanding. It's growing. It's not getting smaller. I mean, that's a, that's a scientifically proven fact that the universe is, is expanding. Well, right there, the Bible says the kingdom of God, the government of God, is not shrinking. We may think it's shrinking in the United States. Actually, it's not. It's expanding. It's expanding. Right? The kingdom of heaven is not shrinking. It's getting bigger. Okay? And I'm going to tell you another thing that's getting bigger. It's peace. Peace is something that's growing. It's got life in it. It's, it's got a force in it. And anything that's got life and got force is growing and expanding. So that's, that's really what it's saying. The Bible actually tells us also 
this is one of my favorite scriptures because it's always blown my mind because it's a, sort of one of those opposite things. It's Romans 16:20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace, not the God of war, not the God of spiritual warfare, but the God of peace himself will crush Satan. We see that example in the Bible when Jesus was in the storm. And there was a raging storm and everybody was terrified. Because the Bible literally says that that storm was a hurricane. They were hurricane-level winds that those guys were facing in that boat. And they were terrified. But Jesus had something that was more powerful within him than those contrary winds. He had the peace. When he got up and he spoke that word, peace be still, he spoke a greater power than the power of the elements, the power of the winds that were coming against them. Right? There was a, you know, we, you know anybody knows a, a big strong guy versus not, a smaller, not so strong guy, guess who's going to win when they get in a fight? The big strong guy is going to overpower and beat the little guy up. That's why if you're a little guy, you don't want to get in fights. You want to use, you know, extra stuff like sticks and ball bats and tasers and the older you get you think about that you know used to be i was not scared of anybody now i'm thinking these guys are getting big man i'm i'm to be getting little and they getting bigger so i need to have some extra protection i've actually thought about getting one of those taser things you know because you could hit somebody with one of those that would slow them down quick enough for you to you know put it back in your pocket and hit them with your fist and act like you took them out so but there was a greater, greater force, and it's the force of peace, that God really wants us to tap into that force, because that is how we are going to be able to... It's not rebuking and binding and carrying on like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, I mean, we could fast to the Mars, but I'll tell you something. When God, when we have the peace of God in our hearts and in our minds, there's a power in it that we can release into our, out of our life, and we can release it against the enemy. And the enemy cannot, in no measure... And no measure overcome the peace of God. It is impossible. That's a pretty good gift that God's given us. And I'm going to tell you, it is a gift from Him. It has been offered to us as a gift. We need to learn how to tap into it. Uh, the Bible tells us in Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the beginning of it. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We have this peace through Him. There's a... Many Christians don't have peace with God. I'm sorry to say that. Many people live under shame. Many people live under condemnation. Many people live under this cloud over their lives where they don't feel like they measure up. They don't feel good enough. Whatever it is, it's a big lie from hell, and they don't have this peace with the Father. And that is just such a terrible thing because it was something that Christ died that we may have. He died for us that we could have that freely. We could have this Peace with the Father. And so we start there. That's how we're peace. We start. When we begin to have that peace with Him, I'm going to tell you, this is the secret. When we get rid of that orphan spirit, okay, that's, that's plaguing us and talking to us and taunting us, when we deal with that thing and refuse to believe its lies anymore, then we can begin to have the peace with the Father. That's when we can begin to tap in to real peace, to tap into the power of peace. Yeah. And it really, I'm telling you, peace is a power. It really works. So once you get it settled between you and God, then you can have it settled within yourself, and then you can begin to, to see, the, see it released. Well, <clears throat> this is a great scripture. Angel brought this scripture up this week. I'm stealing everybody's scriptures, right? 
I mean, I got one here that Angel gave. I got one that Becky gave. That's how you do give messages. You just listen to what people tell you. They'll just tell you. They'll give you a message. You know, they'll, here, here's a scripture. Put that in your message. This is what Jesus said, John 14, 27. We're putting that up there. Peace I leave with you. That's what he said. I leave that with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Not as the world. Like I said, there's a difference in his peace and worldly, natural peace. But he says, I give it to you. Now, this is the key verse, key part for this verse for me. Do not let, everybody say let, your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Those, that word there, let, is really important. This is what he's telling us. Don't let it. You, peace is a choice. Peace, what you allow into your heart, into your mind, is a choice. You have to make it. That's what Jesus is saying. He said, I've given the peace. Now, don't you let trouble get in there, get inside of you. Because if trouble gets inside of you, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? And guess what your life's going to be? I'm just telling you the truth. This, this is why peace is so powerful. Because once we begin, because Jesus, if he was in that, in that situation like the disciples were in the boat, and, his, and he was full of anxiety, when he got up, when he spoke the words, guess what? There would have been no power on that word if he was full of anxiety. He didn't let the anxiety, he didn't let the pressure, he didn't let the, the hurt, whatever it is, get in there. He just didn't let it. That's, and, cause he, and he said it right here. So that's a really key for us is the let thing. It, it's a choice. Now let's look at Philippians 4. And I'm going to read verse 4 through 7. We're going to put that one up there. <clears throat> Um, this we were ended with this last week. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, you want to get a good mess, a couple of good messages. Go get the last two messages from here. They were good, and they'll help you with your mind. Because I'm interested in seeing people's mind get helped. It says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Isn't it interesting, right there, that he said, "Let your gentle spirit." Some people don't let that happen, yet they really do have a gentle spirit in them, okay? But some people are just always gruff on the outside, always hard on the outside. They're not letting that gentle spirit inside of them. I used to think that was something you had to come up with, which I knew I couldn't come up with because I didn't, I didn't think gentle. But God, you know, Paul was saying here, you know, let that thing come out. Let it come forth. Let it be known. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication. Does everybody here know the difference between prayer and supplication? Do you? Does anybody not know? Well, good. Somebody told the truth. Because a lot of people in the first service said they didn't know what it was. But this is a real simple thing. And, and this is why he pointed out prayer and supplication. Supplication has to do with your personal needs. That's what, okay? When prayer is not necessarily about you and about your needs. You see that? Supplication is about what you need in your life and the different situations in your life that you need God to do something about. The prayer may be about other situations, other things, other people. And that's why he pointed it out. But both of them, uh, but in everything by public, uh, prayer and supplication, with, everybody say thanksgiving. Now, I'm telling you, mark that word thanksgiving in your little memory and remember what Jason said. That was really prophetic what he was saying. With thanksgiving... You know, make your prayers, let your requests be made known to God. Make your requests with thanksgiving. Okay, real important. And then this is what's going to happen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, 
this peace will set up a guard around your heart and around your thoughts. That's what it, that's what it says right there. That word comprehension, uh, actually in the Greek it would mean something like all power of comprehension. All power of comprehension. Uh, quickie. This is what the word comprehension means. Actually, it doesn't. It, it means the, it means mind. Okay, is the literal word there? It's mind. It's the mind that Jesus opened in Luke twenty four forty five to understand the scriptures. It's the mind of man. It's the mind that each one of us have, and that mind is made up of, of basically three parts. Number one, it's made up of your emotions. Okay, it is made up of your visual, your imagination, your ability, your mind's eye, the ability, and it's made up of your reasoning and intellect. And so what, what, what uh, y'all remember that from last week. I'm just telling you, if you weren't here, that's one of the things we talked about is how the mind, human mind is made up. And, and so what, what the Scripture is saying here, this peace, there's a peace that can overcome, that's greater than anything the human mind can think, feel, or see, or reason out. And that's really the, the that's a very important key for us to really walk in the spirit. It's a very important key for us to be able to be in the will of God. Is that one little thing right there? Because there's going to be times, and I'll get there in just a second. There's going to be times in your life where you can't understand it with your mind, but you know it's right in your heart. And God wants to teach people about that. Okay. Uh, so there's this peace which you know goes up beyond above and beyond our natural thinking, and it will actually guard both your hearts and minds. A lot of Christians, okay, I'm gonna just be straight with you. A lot of people in this room think, and you have or have convinced yourself that you are in the will of God based on one thing, based because you have peace in your mind, okay, and that is really a false way to approach. It's a bad way because you can be very peaceful and have peaceful thoughts and be out of the will of God. A lot of it, here's the truth. This is what I'm finding with a lot of people. A lot of people convince themselves out of, out, of, out of comfort, out of desire, out of personal, natural, human desire. They have convinced themselves, this is what God wants me to do with my life. Or this is not. I can't do that because it's inconvenient. They won't ever say that. Are y'all following this line of thinking? This is important if you want to really want to... Get there. So the ultimate is this. This is the, God's ultimate. is for you to have peace in your mind and in your heart. That's God's ultimate. But if you had to pick one, you go with what's in your heart. All right? Now that, that's, that's important. Let's look at this uh, next scripture, Colossians 3.15. So what I'm trying to do is teach us, teach me, us to get a revelation, actually not teach, heck, forget teach. Let's get some impartation from God, some ability from God uh, on how to discern the, what's happening with our hearts and how to discern where the peace is at, if it's in our heart or if it's in our mind or if it's in both places. You know, and then make decisions and live life based on that because that's how we're meant to live it. Let the peace of Christ, it says in Colossians 3.15, let, there you go. Okay, yeah, he's, Paul's bringing up another point. You're going to have to allow this thing to happen. You're going to have to make a choice about this thing. Okay? In other words, God is not going to take this gift that he's given you and cram it down your throat. You're going to cooperate with him on it by allowing it. Let the peace of Christ, what, rule 
rule in where? Not your minds, but your hearts. Now, that word rule, we know this, we've said this 170 times, means umpire in the original language. It means, in other words, the peace that's in your heart or the peace that's not in your heart, the umpire says you're safe, you're on the right road, or you're not on the right road. Okay? With your life. That's, that's how we're meant to live our life. We're meant to live our lives based on whether there's peace in our hearts or not peace in our hearts. That's the thing that you have to learn how to, to, how to dial into. Okay? And that's why I'm saying many Christians dial into the pieces in their minds. Their thoughts are at peace. They like what they're thinking. They believe in what they're thinking. It's based on the Bible. It's based on whatever. And it fits their lifestyle. But it's wrong. Because there's something inside, down in their heart, saying, No! Now, here's what the problem is. Sometimes, the thing that's in your heart is saying, Yes, your mind can't get around it. It can't understand it. Remember, I just read it's the piece that, that supersedes, that comprehends all natural thinking. Your mind just, it just, don't, just don't make no sense. Has anybody ever made a decision that was illogical? It was not a good decision in the natural Right? That is a good day. That's a good way to make decisions. If you really feel in your heart peace about it, and you're making these decisions, but your mind has no peace about it, that's, how you sh- that's how, what you should do. You should go with what your heart's saying. Because the moment you quit listening to that heart, you're out. Okay? You're out. You've, you've, actually, the Bible tells us in... Uh, Isaiah 55, 12, you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. God expects for us, for, for peace to lead us. Uh, so, a lot of people think they're walking in, this is, they're walking in the Spirit, but it's just, they have peace in their mind. They've not really allowed the peace in their heart. Uh, so, if, you, if the peace comes to your heart, it will come to your mind, but remember, like with the disciples, it's later. The under, remember I said the, the order in the spiritual world is you hear first, then you see, and then finally you understand. The understanding is the last thing that comes. But all, we want to understand everything up front. So we'll get to this understanding about things, and it'll settle our thoughts. Our thoughts will be settled because we understand it. Okay? That is not the way you do this deal. You cannot walk in the Spirit like that just to get your thoughts settled. Because your thoughts can be settled and be dead wrong, but they could be right on the surface. Are y'all following that? This is real important. You got that? Because this is where God wants to teach you, all of us how to walk in the Spirit. Okay? And this is how we walk in the Spirit. I don't want to say this part here. I really sort of hate to say it. I wish I wasn't going to say this. Because it, I'm talking about the supernatural world now. A lot of people want the supernatural world. I want the supernatural world. And the supernatural world is a lot more available now than it ever has been. I think it is. I mean, there's a lot more things to see, a lot more things to experience. If you've been in this church, you know we have put a lot of emphasis and value on that, which I'm going to continue to do that. But let me just tell you this. The Bible does not teach us anywhere that we are to be led by those things. Now, there's an occasion when that can happen in your life. The Bible teaches us that we're to be led by peace in our hearts. Okay? That's how we are to follow God on a day-in and day-out basis. And when He brings the other stuff, well, that's just better. But you see, you know, an angel could appear to me, and if I didn't feel peace in my heart, I would just tell the angel, I'm not going with this deal. 
I don't want to go with this deal. Because I don't feel peace about it. And I know the Bible says, let this peace rule. And you've caused this peace to be disturbed, which tells me you ain't really the right kind of angel. You know, I was telling you the, the last week, I was telling people, just, just for somebody who wasn't here, that the enemy does come as an angel of light. And he can, but he can't hold it a long time. He can't hold that illusion a long time. And he, all, and he can't do it perfectly. There's a flaw in it. Okay, and that was one person shared with me is, is he had this experience where his dad came and he was in this angelic place and his dad came, his dad's in heaven and his dad didn't know him. It was a, like, and he, knew, he just thought, it, he lost all his peace at that moment and said, I'm out of here. You know, if, if my daddy, my daddy would know me, especially if he's in heaven, he'd know, he'd know a lot more stuff than you. So he bailed out of it. And he could never understand that thing. And finally, he just realized that was the enemy trying to deceive him. You see that? So, what we do, you know, the illustration, it, was, it can be ridiculous that some people are just so, they want to be so doggish spiritual, you know, they got to pray about which route to take to Walmart. You know, which pair of shoes, or what shirt to put on. Now, if you lived in Israel or someplace like that, you'd probably be wise to be praying about which route you're taking. You know, but this ain't Israel. This is the United States. And unless you, but see what you, what could happen to you though, if you learn how to discern your heart, is you get in your car and you're driving down the road and you felt the Holy Spirit, you felt this peace rattling. You're not the, like, well, that don't make no sense. Walmart's just straight ahead, and, you, and the Lord was telling you not to. It would be wise to not to. Maybe He's trying to keep you out of an accident or something. You see that? That's being led by peace instead of trying to get some word. That's ridiculous. We need to grow up and do what the Bible says to do. Just so we live our life by, by peace. It's not like God's going to be telling us all this information. It's by default. When the peace goes, you realize something's wrong. Right? Or does this make sense? When the peace goes, that's when you stop and realize the road I'm on is not where I need to be going. I need to make some adjustments because I don't have peace all of a sudden about what I'm doing. Now, this is really important. Okay? I I know it's important. Because that was the present that the Lord gave us. All right, let me give you Becky's scripture. I'm about done, man. Are y'all good? So we want to be led by the Spirit. Here's how you people ask me, Byron, how do you be led by the Spirit? People have asked me that. Like they it's some complicated thing. It's not complicated. It's by being led by the peace in your heart. That's being led by the Spirit. If there's peace there, you're being led there. Stay on that same road. If you, if you lose your peace, then the Spirit's trying to tell you no. Okay? Um, God's ultimate purpose, though, is for you to have peace in your heart and your mind. Okay? But if you have to choose, okay? If you, if you have to choose, always choose your heart over your mind. Always. That's where it rules at. So if you have peace in your heart and not your mind, that's, that's okay. Trust God. Make that step of faith in your life and know that God has promised that He will open up our minds to understand the Scripture. He'll open your minds at some point so understanding will come and you'll begin to understand what did not make sense to you before. Okay, but if you have peace in your thought life, okay, if you're th- everything's at peace, I'm doing this, but there's some little voice down inside of you that's at unrest on the inside of you. Please forget those thoughts. Those are, are, are your, your carnal mind is resisting the will of God in your life. That's what's happening when that's, when that's going on. You had to stop. Okay? 
You have to stop. You cannot go, allow your life to be led by the pieces in your thoughts unless there's peace here. If there's peace here, then it'll come here. But if it's not here, it's okay. It will come. Is that clear? And that's where I'm telling you, that little one little point, a lot of Christians are missing it because they've talked themselves into something. Because it's inconvenient, it's difficult, it's hard, I don't understand it, blah, blah, blah. You know? So they've twisted the thoughts around to convince themselves to do I've done it. I know you've done it. We've all done it. The most spiritual people I know have done it. And we always regret it. Like I've, There's been two times in my life where God burnt, allowed me to get burned real bad. When I knew, I knew my peace got disturbed about a situation and about a person. And I let other people convince me in one case, talk me out in my mind about a person. And it was a regretful situation in my life. Because I let, I let what other people were saying, and I came to rest in my mind about that person when my heart really never was at rest. And I got smoked. I mean, I mean, I got singed. You know what I'm saying? People do that, you know, about relationships and everything else. And then there was another time when I didn't, and I got hurt badly, hurt, wounded, because I went against the peace. Now, I think the Lord just allowed it just to teach me the hard lesson, because I won't go against the peace now. I don't care what anybody's saying. Everybody can be yelled. I mean, everybody can. If I don't feel peace about it, I'm out. I'm done. I'm thinking, I'm not doing that. Maybe it is the will of God for everybody else, for 99 people. That's the will of God for y'all 99, but I'm sorry it ain't for me. Because something in my heart is telling me don't. That's, that's how we have to live our life. Let the peace of God rule. Let it rule. Let it rule. If you'll let it rule, He'll protect you. He'll protect your heart and He'll bring it to your mind. He'll bring the peace to your mind and then He'll begin to protect your mind. I was telling my little story, the, the China story. This is what happened to me this past week. Okay? I was going to China here in a few months. Okay, so I'm laying in bed thinking about going to China. I was thinking about that airplane trip, first of all. I started, this is at 2 o'clock in the morning. I started getting stressed out about this airplane trip. I mean, we're talking about months away, and I'm laying in the bed stressed out about having to get on this airplane. Because it's going to be long. How am I going to do that? I can't sit there that long on an airplane. I hate airplanes, you know. I mean, it's just I was going through all this night, and then I thought, well, how am I even going to pay for going? I don't have a dime to go over there. Where am I going to get the money at, Lord? And then those people want you to preach four hours a day. I'm over there two weeks. I'll be done after the first day. They will, I won't have nothing else to say to them. They'll just, so I'm just going through all this. What am I going to say? I've got to figure out what to say. And, and then I realize that's the stupidest thing in the world. All this is ridiculous. You know, because in my heart I feel peace about going, but honestly my mind has not been resting about it. Because I've been thinking about the airplane. I've been thinking about what to say. I've been thinking about the squatty potties. <laughs> That somebody sent me an email, all I'm thinking, I gotta do that. I've been thinking about all this stuff and I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't go. If I gotta go use a bathroom like that, I'll be honest with you. This is the truth. Going to the bathroom in other countries is an issue for me. I hate going to the bathrooms in other countries. I mean, that is the one thing that really bothers me is those bathrooms. Because they're bad. Ever I've never been in another country that had good bathrooms. You know, I'm, I'm thanking God for the bathrooms in the United States. We have a lot to be thankful for. The bathrooms are something we can be thankful for. I'm telling you. Because when you start going to bathrooms in another country, you'll be asking, God, why did I do this? 
Every time I've been in the bathroom in another country, I was saying, why am I out here? Why am I over here, Lord? I'm having to use this bathroom. <laughs> Anyways, it's terrible. Peace, yeah. Anyways, that's just how stupid our minds is. So, so this is what I did, okay? This is what I did. See, there's a, there's a secret to this. There's a secret to how to get your mind into peace, okay? And it's in the Bible. I've told, you, I've told it to you. Jason told it to you. Let me read this, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, But thanks, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Note it said thanks in the Philippians verse. Note it said thanks in the Colossians verse. Note it says thanks here when it's talking about victory. Okay, people want to live a victorious Christian life. Okay, this is the truth. Thankfulness is the key to it. Because here's what thankfulness does for you. And, and I can take you right through the Bible and show you. This is Romans 1 verse that I've shared with you. But this is what thankfulness does. See, thankfulness, when we begin to be thankful, and, and, that, and it works. If you're in the middle of the night having these terrible thoughts, anxious thoughts, whatever, if you will begin to start thinking about things to be thankful for and start thanking God for what you do have versus the money you don't. I mean, this was my thought. This is how I dealt with the China thing. I thought, you know what, Lord? Here's these people in China. Okay, this is the underground church. These are the true heroes of faith. And they want me to come talk to them. Like I've got something to tell them. I'm just so thankful. That what an honor. Although they're, pro- I'm probably gonna get a hundred times more than they get. They probably, I, you know. I'm just saying that was a thought that that I decided to, to dwell on, is being thankful for things that we have. Okay. And what happened was, you know what happened? My mind, the thoughts started calming. The thoughts started to come in. That's the key to victory. Thankfulness is the key to victory. When we begin to thank God, see, your mind gets calm, and then when your mind is calm and no no longer full of anxiety and and full of harsh thoughts or bad thoughts, guess whose thoughts can come? His thoughts. All of a sudden, your mind is a a doorway for the thoughts of heaven to to invade your mind, and you can begin to start thinking God's thoughts. You can't, God's thoughts can't go into a mind that's in an uproar. Okay? It just can't. It's just not the way it works. The renewed mind is a mind that's at peace. Okay? With peaceful thoughts. Because God really does want us to have peace in our minds. He really does want us to have peace in our hearts. And so I've learned the trick. The trick is this. It's right here. I want a victorious Christian life. I don't want to live in deception. I don't want to convince myself about stuff that I'm doing God's will and I've got 170 three reasons I'm doing it. But the truth is, there's one reason why I shouldn't be doing it. And it's because he said, this is not my will for you. And all them 173 reasons don't matter because there's only one, re- one good reason. I would rather be able to say to people, I can't tell you why I'm doing this. I have no good earthly explanation other than one thing. I believe as much as I can in my heart of hearts that this is what God is speaking to me. And I feel this peace on it in my heart. Although my mind just may be in a turmoil about it. But my heart is saying yes. My mind could be saying no. My heart's saying yes. You've got to go with the yes in here. Okay, regardless of what this is saying. If you'll go with the yes in here, and if you'll begin 
to have a thankful heart, like Jason said, a heart of gratitude, and begin to thank God for what you have and not what you don't have and what you're missing, then guess what's going to happen? The mind's, are, the mind's going to calm down. The victory comes. when he, Here's when the real victory comes. It's when his thoughts come into your mind. Then you can start living the, the victorious Christian life because you're thinking the thoughts of God. I've said this over and over. I'm going to say it a million times. I've had to, there's a big difference between thinking God's thoughts and trying to think like God. Most Christians try to think like him. Stupid. It ain't going to work. But he will give you his thoughts. That's what a renewed mind is. And we can begin to think his thoughts, feel his feelings, hear his, hear his thoughts, hear his words, see what he's seeing. I'm telling you, this is our inheritance as believers. We can do this. It has been given us to us, and it's a simple thing. It's a simple thing right here. It's, you can start with thankfulness. And when thankfulness comes, peace can come. And when peace comes, God can come. God will begin to release through you. And you can begin to hear those little things. And God's talking a lot, man. I'm telling you, He is. He's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to feel. He's got a lot of sense. Does this make sense? This is Merry Christmas. Peace on earth. Peace to you. Terry Manning got up this morning in the first service and shared a tremendous testimony. It was a personal testimony about her marriage, her life, when everything went, to, went down. I mean, and she was, it was terrible. I know the details. I couldn't share it. But I'll tell you this, it was awful. And she made a choice one day to become thankful. Because she was wanting to leave Emerson. Because you know, she couldn't take it anymore. She, she hated herself. She hated God. She hated Him. I mean, her life was destroyed, basically. And she became thankful, and God turned it around for her. God turned her life around. She's married to Him to this day. And most, like I said, you're mostly happy. You know, she's mostly happy with him. So I think God really wants to release His peace to us this morning. So we got the communion this morning, and as I shared, that's where it all begins. It all begins with what Christ did on the cross for you. Now, just in case there's somebody in this room who's not made that decision or made that step, you know, that the cross, that the cross, has, you know, the cross has made the way for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants you to to know Him as his, as per, on a personal level, know Him as Lord, know Him as Savior of your life. If, if you're that person this morning, we want to pray for you and, and release you into the salvation knowledge of Christ uh, because it is a victorious, it's a wonderful life. Jason may share that. Well, I think many of us could stand up and say, I'd never regret that decision. You know, never, never, never. It was the best decision I ever made. And if you haven't made that decision, if you really haven't made that decision to be a follower of Christ, to live your life for Him, I want you to come out here and we're going to pray with you and help you come into that saving knowledge and see your life change, see you filled with the Holy Spirit and get into to the kingdom of heaven, get into this expansion that God's doing. Uh, for the rest of us, as we take communion this morning, I want us to, to uh, by faith, by faith, receive this gift that, that Christ has given peace to receive it okay i also got to pray for two little girls in the first service and here's their situation life their daddy has deserted them their daddy deserted them and these little girls were tore up okay they in their heart they said in our hearts we know everything's okay but in their minds they're full of conflict and full of full of hurt them little girls we were able i was able to pray for them and they were able to receive peace into their minds 
as they begin to thank God that they had a mama that was right there for them, they have a grandma and a granddaddy that's there for them, they begin to thank, thank God for their, for their grandma and granddaddy and their mama who has not deserved them. And they, both of them, these, these little girls said they felt the peace coming. They felt this anger that was on them, this hurt on, in their minds being dissipated. Isn't that powerful? I mean, I'm thinking these little girls, these are little girls that lost their, their daddy deserted them. It was terrible. And it's hurtful to them. But just they're, they're being thankful that mama has not deserted me. Grandma's right here with me today in church. Right here with me. And they're taking care of us. And we're going to have a Christmas this year because Grandma and Granny are going to make sure of it. Isn't that something awesome? God really loves that kind of stuff. If they can re- I thought if they can do it, I can do it. If a little child a little child's leading us. If we can receive by faith this morning. Think about what your daddy in heaven has done for you. And begin to thank him for it. And if you got these thoughts that are killing you, tearing you up, I bet you as you become thankful, you'll see something happen. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. And if you would like special prayer, we've got ministry team up here uh, that will pray for you. As you after you take communion, if anybody needs to be healed this morning, we're still we're still believing in healing here, man. We're still seeing God heal people. We would like for you to pray, to be prayed for, to receive, you know, the healing grace of God in your life. And then, otherwise, if you just want to, we just this is the official dismissal. Amen.